Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Sermon Cast from Bethel Evangelical Free Church on Washington Island, Wisconsin. I'm Rick Smith, and I've been here at Bethel since 2016, enjoying this great church on this spectacular place off the northern tip of Door County, Wisconsin. This message comes from our Sunday morning service here on the island, and it's geared towards discovering what the Bible has to say to us in our everyday lives. So, God's blessing on you, and thanks for joining with us wherever you are today. I don't know when faith first came to you in your life. Uh, if you're like many people, when, when faith came to you, you had this sense of aliveness that, that somehow in discovering who God is, that this, everything's been made right, and you have this optimism, and you think, oh, being part of a Christian community is great. When I, when I came to faith, I was, I was a freshman in high school, and, and I was part of this very large ministry, and, and there was music, and there was, a, there was this community where we were split up in teams, and, and people welcomed me in. It's like, this is great. This is, how could it ever get better, and it'll never possibly get worse? And, and I don't know what your experiences were, but at some point, <laughs> that mountaintop wonderful experience uh, was dashed to pieces, at least, at least in part, that the disappointment that comes at some point is dashing because you thought, this is fantastic, this is great, and then to see conflicts or difficulty or sin within the community of faith, it's just like, how, how, did, how did this happen? How, I, I, thought, I thought this would never happen again, but it happens, doesn't it? Uh, the passage we're looking at today is, it's a difficult passage. Uh, when I was doing this series four years ago, I, uh, I had my cell phone with me, and my cell phone went off, and, and I started off this, this, the sermon by preaching out of Psalm 65, and I got a, a phone call from God. It was actually my wife, but uh, God was like, what are you doing? I thought you were preaching on Acts 5 today. He's like, oh, I don't want to do it. People just want happy, happy, happy. And he says, um, remember what your professor in seminary said? If it's God's word, it preach. It's my word. So I should, I should do Acts 5. And he's like, yes, you should. Uh, sometimes we, we want to avoid difficult passages, but they're there. And to look at them and to face them, this is, this is part of our call as we, as we take in all of God's word. We've been looking through the book of Acts and the book of Acts is, is a picture of, of what happens to the followers of Jesus after Jesus ascends to heaven. And they begin to figure out what it means to be following him and being led by his spirit. And, and we've seen all kinds of great things over the first four chapters of, of God doing miraculous things, of, of a little bit of, of uh, adver- adversity because when... Peter and John healed a guy who was crippled from birth, and they gave credit to Jesus. Uh, other authorities who had a part in killing Jesus and having him crucified by the Roman government, they didn't like that. And so they said, just stop it. Just stop it. Now, okay, this is a great miracle. We're not going to say anything about it, but stop doing this. And they're like, who, who should we listen to, God or you? And they continued to witness to God. And, and so that propels us into... Our passage today, we're going to start in chapter 4 and verse 32 and head on all the way through chapter 5, verse 16. And, and this is kind of an Oreo cookie of, of a passage here. We've got uh, the, the outer coating of the cookie is, is really good. Uh, the, the, the middle cream right here is not so good this time. Uh, it's like the banana one or whatever. Um, 
But uh, take a look at this passage with me, if you will. Uh, Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 32. All the believers were in one, were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. They shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that's the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. So, well, so as we come to this passage, um, it starts off, it starts off pretty good. Uh, after Peter and John are released from prison and, and uh, they head back to to hanging around with the other believers, and, and there's just great things that are going on there. Uh, they, we, we're seeing something great here. We're seeing community. And as they gather together, if there is a need, they find a way to, to fix the need, to take care of one another. They, 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 they will sell their land. They will sell whatever they need to because they're looking out for one another. They're continuing to preach about the resurrection of Jesus the Christ and Again, this is a central point to what their mission is. When they were looking for a replacement for Judas, it had to be someone who was a witness. These guys are all witnesses. The disciples are witnesses to what Jesus had done. And this is the point again and again. They saw this. They're testifying about the things that they know about. And it continues. Even after some adversity, John and, and Peter are thrown in jail for testifying in the name of Jesus. They continue to do that. And they're seeing people come 
And there's all these great stories. We hear about Barnabas, and who was son of encouragement is what his name means. And, and he sold a piece of land and gives it at the, the feet of, of, of the apostles. And, and then the, the story goes on. And Ananias and Sapphira, they sold a piece of land, and they, laid at, uh, they lay the money at the feet of the disciples. But there, there's something different there. It says they held back some of it. And, and that's just a, a detail that Luke adds in there. We think, okay, it's still pretty cool. If we just stopped right there, it's like, nice. People are doing this all over the place. And, and the generosity that is being expressed here is this phenomenal community life. The believers. Again, as I, I referenced at the beginning, when, when we think about church and coming to Jesus and, and our initial moments, a lot of it is just, this is fantastic. And being in community, this is terrific. It can't be better than this. I love this. And yet, Luke wants us to see real life sometimes. And, and as he's led by the Spirit in writing this, he includes this story. Would you include this story? If you were writing the history of Bethel Church, would you conclude this story that happened in 1912 about someone who did it wrong? You might be tempted to keep that out. It's like, oh, you know, that's really not going to encourage somebody. But the thing is, it happened. And these kind of things happen. Why? Because we still wrestle with sin in our lives. Now, at the outset, one of the things that uh, the community is dealing with here is, is what do we do with wealth? Uh, we, as we look at ourselves in our own particular setting in our country and, and, and where we're at, uh, we, we deal with more things concerning wealth than, than many parts of this world. A couple years ago, I was listening to a, a message by Andy Stanley, and he was talking about poverty and, and uh, a couple things that he said. He said, if you have more than two rooms in your house and more than 300 square feet, you are dealing with issues of wealth in this world. And if you own one or more cars, one or more, you're dealing with issues of wealth in this world. And if you have a house for your car, you're dealing with issues of wealth in this world. And if you have so much stuff in your car's house that your car cannot live in its own house and must remain outside, these are issues of wealth in this world. And uh, what do we do with this? How do we handle this kind of opulence? And maybe you don't think of yourself as opulence, but if you've had opportunities to go to other nations and to get away from the tourist areas and maybe two blocks over from those main areas and to see how some people are living and the, the kind of conditions they're enduring, uh, children that are, are living and playing and gathering in, in dumps to get things that might be able to feed them or they might need. Uh, living in squalid conditions. This is, this is our world. And, and, and for us with much, the, the challenge is, what do I do with what I have? Now, certainly the, the early church was dealing with this. And on some level, they weren't selling everything, right? Because they were house churches. They still met in someone's house. If they sold their house, they couldn't live in there anymore. So they couldn't meet in there anymore. So, so they, they didn't necessarily sell everything, that everyone had, but many of them sold much and, 
and gave money. And this is just part of their expression. And Barnabas does this. And, and, and he, gets, he gets two whole verses in the scriptures. And it's like, you can imagine people are pretty excited. Yeah, way to go, Barnabas. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And, and, and in my mind's eye, I see Ananias and Sapphira. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a Barnabas guy. And, man, he got a lot of, he got a lot of attention for that. It's like, well, you know, we really don't need this field. And uh, I don't want to sell all of it, but they won't know. And so they sell this piece of land, and, and they give part of it. And, and really, there's nothing wrong, as the text indicates even later. As Peter's asking both uh, Ananias and Sapphira, you could do whatever you want with it. So what, what was it that they did? Well, apparently, is in this, in this fury of attention for those who gave it all. He's like, yep, here it all is. And they lied. Now we look at the story, and, and what makes it a difficult story is, that's pretty harsh, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, this is, this, is, this is a hard thing to see. They died because they held back and they weren't entirely truthful about it. They died because of that. Why is that? And, and, and I guess one of the things to note about this, first and foremost, is that this isn't the only story like this in scriptures of something that seems particularly harsh and, and, and jolting when you, when you come across it in, in the, the book of Joshua uh, after the, the people of Israel are coming into the land that God had promised them and they, they conquered the city of Jericho in a phenomenal way. They, they were given a, a particular warning or, or regulation about what they did. They were not to take anything for themselves. Everything in that city was to be destroyed and and it turns out one guy kept just a little thing, just a little thing, and he hid it in his tent, and, and it was discovered. It was discovered in the next battle they went for, which should have been an easy battle. They didn't hardly need anybody to win this battle, but they ended up not winning, and they lost several people's lives. And Josh was like, God, why would you send us out here if, just to have people killed? And, and uh, God says, don't talk to me. You got issues in your camp, man. You got to take care of stuff because someone disobeyed my direct law or rule. And and eventually they discovered Achan had done it. And, and Achan is killed. David and Bathsheba. David sins and and uh, sleeps with one of his mighty men's wife. And and uh, the child that comes from that dies. And 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 so we see these things come up. The ramifications of sin just slapping us in the face of their harshness. And uh, and those stories are out there. And uh, I, another thing to note of them is they're also kind of rare. I mean, we have those stories, and they're there, and they're just right out there. You can't avoid them. If you're reading through the book of Acts or Joshua, I mean, it's just... it's. It's like a glaring zit in the middle of your forehead. It's just right there. You cannot miss it. It's there. But it's rare. But the stories serve a purpose, doesn't it? In, in the life of the other church, there's a pretty clear message. You're my people. How you live your life on the inside and the out, it matters. It was generous to give the money you gave and you could have said, here's some money. We took some of our proceeds and gave it. But what you chose to do was to, out of undoubtedly some jealousy with Barnabas and the attention he received, 
say, look at us too. We're just as good as Barnabas. And in the midst of the holy community, they were saying, look at us. Look at us. We're, we're just as good. And God looks at their heart. And, and somehow Peter is able to know this and see this and, and, and directly ask Ananias, what were you thinking? What's going on here? And, and, and he dies and is buried. And his wife doesn't even know about it. And she comes and is like, is that the price? Absolutely. Why would you do this, Sapphira? Why? And it begs the question for all of us in the character of our lives as we claim and say that we are followers of Jesus. Uh, for us, bold enough to sing a song like, I surrender all, when part of us needs to be saying, Lord, this is my intent. I want to do this. Help me in the areas I'm not doing it. Because we all know that a better song for us is, I surrender some. But we're growing in that. And we're wanting to be more and more called and, and, and focused and devoted to our Lord and Savior. But we're not there yet. And the story is here to say, just, just because you've come to faith doesn't mean hard things don't happen, that temptations don't come across us, and that there's, there's consequences to sin in our life. Undoubtedly, since Ananias and Sapphira, people have maybe stretched what they have done in support, say, in support of a particular faith project, and they probably haven't died. But the story's there, and when those of us who may have done that read that, uh, Spirit says, hey, is that you? And the Spirit convicting us about what's going on in our own hearts, in our own lives. It's a hard passage. It is hard to look at. It's hard to, to grasp and, 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 and look at. And, and yet there it is. Deal with it. Verse 11 ends that particular section. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. You think? <laughs> yeah. They lied and they died. Wow. But God's holy community, how are you living this out? Well, so we go from seeing something great and wonderful community to seeing something shocking, sin and judgment. But uh, the story of Acts continues on for several more chapters. And even in this passage, uh, uh, we move on into verses 12 to 16. And, and we s we're seeing that God still is working <laughs> and doing things. God is performing miracles and wonders among the people. They're continuing to meet together and 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 on some level, people hearing about this whole Ananias and Sapphira thing, they're like, okay, let's not get too close to them. There's, uh, there, there's some, some strange things that are going on to those who lied. And, and well, I know I'm still lying. So, but uh, they looked at him with great admiration. And, and, and 
as people talked about Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, more and more were coming to faith. God is still working in people's lives and, and even on some level using these moments, these horrifying, terrifying moments to say God's power is real. That's something we miss today, isn't it? Because sometimes our faith is more just this is what I believe and we neglect or don't often think of the power of God as being tremendous and mighty and can do a work within our midst. But those of us of faith have seen, we've, had, we've got moments, don't we, where we've seen God do something that blew our hair back and says, he's still alive. <laughs> he's still real. There's this great scene in, in uh, uh, C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia and, and uh, the Asland, the lion character who is uh, a picture of a God in Jesus and, and uh, the children are asking the, uh, the beaver family. It's like, uh, you know, is, is he safe? Is, is Aslan safe? He's like, no. <laughs> he's a lion. He's not safe. But he's good. And God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. He's not safe. It's the God who created everything. But in his power and majesty, lays that aside and comes to earth, taking the form of man. He emptied himself and endured death, even a cursed death on the cross, so that we who've sinned could be reunited and reconciled with God, that we could be forgiven for our problems, our issues, our sin, our rebellion, and be reunited with God again. He's not safe, but he's very good. And he extends an invitation to you to know him and to walk with him and to follow him. And for those of you who have received that, to walk faithfully with him, to, to move more and more in our lives to the place where we can sing, I surrender all, all to Jesus. Every choice and decision we make. Are you there yet? I'm not there yet. But I'm better than I was some years ago. And that's God's working in us. So in humility, we admit we're not there yet. But in recognizing who we are as children of God, we can receive his forgiveness and we can stand before him heads held high, not because of us, but because of him. God loves you and wants you to know him, wants to restore you to him and to live faithfully with him. Let's stand for closing prayer. Lord, we, uh, we come to you this morning and uh, on some level thinking that we'd have edited this book a little bit differently and uh, maybe not include this story. But thank you for this very sobering story 
that hits us in the eye with our own our own tendencies to choose ourselves, to lift ourselves up, our own pride, and to put ourselves above you, and to recognize that this is not okay. This is a stark reminder to us of taking seriously each moment in our lives, the choices that we make, that in knowing you and, and following you and being your children means that we represent you no matter where we go. Lord, forgive us for the ways that we failed to do that and guide us to be faithful as we interact with others, to deal truthfully with our past and our problems, but also to deal with them seriously but then to receive your forgiveness and, and to move on, recognizing we can't change what we've done. We can make amends with those we've hurt or at least attempt to. But in receiving your forgiveness, we are right with you and we move on. This day I will not do that any longer. I will follow you. Lord, help us that to be our pledge today. We bring ourselves before you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you this day. Well, thanks again for listening. And to learn more about how you can connect with Bethel Community Church, check out our website at islandbethelchurch.com or join us for a service Saturday night at 6 or Sunday morning at 1045. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.